Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Friday conversation. Today's special. We've got Dale Jolly here. Dale Jolly is UVU's Smart Lab director, and he is a professor of customer experience at Utah Valley University. Prior to coming to UVU, Dale spent 25 years in the pharmaceutical and biotech industries working with companies such as Pfizer, AstraZeneca, Amgen, and was a senior level executive where he oversaw sales and marketing. So let's give it up for Dale. Thank you. It's, it's very nice to be here with all of you. Uh, special guest. I've, I've never been called a special guest. Uh, kind of interesting. So uh, I'm, I'm in, I am very excited to be here and talk to you about some of the things that we're doing at UVU and specifically what the Smart Lab is and more importantly, what are the outputs of it? How do you get actionable data from this Smart Lab? So as Sam mentioned, my career was spent in the pharmaceutical and biotech industry. And after 25 years of living on Delta Airlines and Hilton's, I finally got to the point where I thought, it's time to retire. So my favorite place is the Virgin Islands. And I was getting ready to buy a condo in the Virgin Islands and start staying there 30 to 90 days at a time. Well, that only lasted three days before my life changed because BYU came to me and said, we would like a three-year commitment from you. I said, I can't do a three-year commitment. I'm going to be in the Virgin Islands. I'll only be here every 30 to 90 days. And my wife said, no, you will be here. You will do what you need to do. So like a good husband, I followed her directions. And I, I said, OK, I'll do that commitment. Three weeks into that commitment, all of a sudden, the, marketing, uh, the chair of the marketing department came to me and said, hey, what are you doing for a job? I said, I don't have one. I just retired. He goes, oh, I hate you. What did you do? I said, well, I was in pharmaceutical biotech. You know, I have a strong science background. I was in senior leadership when I retired. And uh, he said, do you have an advanced degree? Yes. What's it in? Things like that. He said, great, because you need to come to UVU, and you need to build this sales and marketing applied research test lab called a smart lab, and you need to teach. I said, oh, no. There's my, my path to the Virgin Islands is getting more muddy all the time. And my wife, once again, said he will do it. So they, they, that's, I've been there, I, I went to the chair and I said, you know what, okay, fine, I'll build your lab, I'll do it for one year, I'll teach your classes, but I'm out of here. Everybody's trying to change my plan, and I loved it today because I was talking to Dave, the technician, and he sa said, you sound like George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life. Everybody wants you to stay in town and you want to go see the world. And it feels a little bit that way. So I do get to see the world, but not 30 to 90 days at a time. But you know what? This experience has been amazing. I said I'd do it for one year. I've just cleared my eight-year mark. And it's because it's amazing what we do in this lab. Um, I brought some great folks with us. Show the next slide. I brought, I guess you could almost say, the Chippendales of the Smart Lab. Uh, so we brought, we, uh, the young lady has since graduated just recently and got a really great job. So she would be here otherwise. But now we're back to being all men. And we like it when we have a nice mix of men and women, though, so they can get this great experience. So they are finishing up either their undergrad, their graduate program as well. But they get this great experience at the Smart Lab. So we're going to talk to you about what the Smart Lab is. Let's go to the next slide. We've done all right with the Smart Lab. We've gotten some good recognition. And actually, if you could shrink that slide down just a little bit, because 
Not only do you see the individual, go a little smaller there, Connor. Smaller? Not bigger? <laughs> there. So not only do we keep winning Best Analytical Lab in the state of Utah, but we keep winning awards that are community engagement awards. So we work not only as this lab for students to do projects through it, but we also work with different clients. Some are state governments. The, the Utah Office of Tourism is one of our clients. Those commercials that they play on the coasts, those are actually tested through our lab. And we'll talk about which technologies are used for this, this type of testing. But more importantly, too, we're proud of that 20-pound trophy on, the, uh, on your right because that means that not only did we win our category again for the best analytical lab, but we've won for the category of science and technology. So we beat out 22 other winners, and I think that gives us a little more credibility. That's all fun uh, to, to get. The best part is what it does for our students. They get this great experience. The awards are nice. We do make money off of the lab as well. So a lot of the client projects we do, they bring in, a, in some income, which is nice because that means I can hire more students and get them get this great experience. Where do our students end up? They go to MD programs, they go to PhD programs, they get promotions, they get great jobs because of this experience. So let's, let's go to the next slide and introduce you to some of the technologies. So when you hear Smart Lab, I'd mention it's Sales and Marketing Applied Research Test Lab. That's a fancy acronym to say that we test marketing campaigns. And we see what's working, where's people, people's attention going, where is it not going is important as well. What are their emotions that they're feeling? What's going on with their brain? How hard is their brain working? And then what's their physiolo physiology doing? So we're going to introduce you to some of these technologies today. First one, we're going to bring up uh, Austin. He's one of our researchers. He'll be our model for today. And he'll uh, demonstrate some of these. So let's go with uh, eye tracking first. The eye tracker we're going to use today, we're going to do a demonstration uh, in a few minutes, just so you can see how this works with eye tracking. The eye tracker that we use a lot of the time in the lab is actually on the back side of this monitor. And that there's a bar, and it shoots an infrared beam into the study participant's eyes and back on the screen. The study partic participant cannot see the red laser that occurs but our technician can. So you can see Josh back here, he's got a separate computer. He can see where the study participant is looking. So think in terms of if we brought up a website, it could be a commercial, it could be product packaging, then we could put it on the screen and we would test it with eye tracking. So there's the eye tracking bar that we could do in lab environments. We have eye tracking glasses though. And these have a camera out the front and then it has four cameras on the bottom rims on the inside of the glasses so we can see what the study participant is looking at. Anyone want to take a guess what these glasses cost? You're very close. That's 30 grand right there. So uh, equivalent to some, car, some cars in the parking lot, right? So they're, they're very pricey. We keep a good eye on those. But those are amazing glasses that tell us where you would be looking if we had you go in a live environment. So where we've used those, for instance, uh, would be in one of the dealerships locally. The owner of that dealership wanted people to pull into the service bay, put on the glasses, and then just go browse their dealership and then come back. We don't give them a lot of information on what to look at. You don't want to bias them in any way. So these people had the glasses on, they'd come back, 
and we were able to see what they looked at and what they did not look at because that's important too. You probably have some of your stores set up a certain way to draw attention to certain areas. You have your website set up to maybe go with certain patterns. We maybe commercials, things like that, product packaging. We can find all of that with the two types of eye tracking that we do. So whether it's the lab environment or the live environment. Uh, these glasses are used for a lot of purposes, not only for sales and research uh, uh, study, marketing research, but they're used in athletics a lot. So quarterbacks that throw the pass, where are they most accurate? Where are they looking? These glasses will tell us that. Uh, not that we use it for athletics, but they could be used there. Or people that can read the basketball court really well or the soccer field, so we can help track where they're looking when they go down the field. Why are some people better at it than others? So those glasses are very important. We can actually hear what you're saying when you're wearing them too. And so we want to capture those things. Those, they're called verbatims. Those can be important. If they're walking through a store that you own and they're looking at certain things and they say, that's weird or that's expensive, that would be nice to know. And that's the type of information that we collect as well. So we get quantitative information from the trackers, but we get qualitative information from asking them questions about why did you look here, why didn't you look there, or even the little things that they just mention off the cuff. So that's eye tracking. Now, it's very common for us to use eye tracking with another device called electroencephalography. And this device would be something that, if you had a website, you said, I want you to test our website, we would bring up the website in the lab environment on a monitor like this. The eye tracker would capture where they're looking at your website. This device would tell us how hard their brain is working. What is the workload? Is it working really hard to understand certain parts of your website? Where is it easy as well? It would tell us where are people bored, are they distracted, where were they highly engaged or not engaged. So these metrics that we're getting, they're your natural reflex to what you're looking at and your natural reflex of your brain to what it's seeing. So that's what we're capturing. And so it's, very, it's a very objective measure. The other technology that we'd use potentially is this device. For some of you that have been around lie detectors, this is very similar. This will actually give us a physiological measure. So we could put up a video right now, have this on someone's hand, and we could tell what their heart rate is doing. Did it increase? Did it slow down? Did their skin expand or contract? Did they perspire as well in seeing it? And so we've had clients that, uh, we had a client that came to us that has extreme outdoor equipment, the ice uh, picks and stuff or hatchets, uh, things like that. And he had this great video on his site and he said, will you test it? Because I'm hoping that gets people really excited when they watch it so they'll want to actually purchase something. And so we tested it, and it did just what he had hoped. You know, the heart rate went up. It did everything he had hoped. The problem was it was too long. It was a 10-minute video, and you don't want to sit there that long. It, even though it's GoPro style, you know, those are intense. But after a while, it kind of wears out. So one thing he had to do was cut it down to about two minutes to keep their interest. Then they were going to his, his website to purchase things. Those are the things that we do on a daily basis. We're, we're taking work that's been done, and we're saying it's not bad, but we can make it better. So I want to show you an example of taking something that's not bad and making it better. So this is an ad that a diaper company was going to put out on the market. And you look at it, and having come from senior management, being over marketing, I look at it and I think, well, what, what do you guys think of the components? You know, you're selling diapers, 
So good idea to maybe have a baby in it. We've got a picture of the diapers as well. You've got the logo for the company. And so when this was tested, this ad, it didn't perform that well. It performed well for selling babies because look at this. This is called a heat map. And the green is basically you looking at the lab and saying, no, what is this? Or the, um, looking at the ad, what is this? But then your interest increases where it goes yellow and then red. That means a lot of people that looked at this ad looked at the baby's face. So if you did sell babies, which is illegal, this would be the ad apparently. So people were very drawn in. Uh, they even tried to get cute. Do you see where he's pointing at his diaper? Most people didn't even notice that. And so this is a heat map that gives us an aggregate view of everyone that looked at that. So this involved 106 people that looked at it. That's where their attention went. So you say, well, they had some good components for a good ad, but could it be better? Yes, it could. And the, re the way it could be better is keep these components, but make the adjustment of turn the baby towards the ad. Now look at how many people are looking here. They're looking here, here, here. You, we, took a, we helped with a, taking a good ad and making it a great ad. You think about which one you would want to pay for. My money's on this one right here with a simple adjustment. If you're like me and in business, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. We wouldn't have known that this ad could be better. I could have seen us signing off in this and saying, oh yeah, cute baby, great components, let's go with it. Not knowing with a simple adjustment, look at how much better this could be. So those are the things that we help clients find. I've never seen a perfect website. I've never seen a perfect ad. Uh, coming from the pharmaceutical and biotech industry, we had very deep pockets, but some campaigns performed better than others. And sometimes it was just us trying to go with our gut. And I'm not saying your gut isn't worth something, because it is, right? You've got a lot of experience. But we're saying these tools can put data behind your decisions. Why did you put the logo where you did? Why did you turn the baby? because the data supported making the change. So that's what we do at the Smart Lab. Uh, the last technology that we have, if you'll show um, this one, is facial coding. So right now, if we had our software and a camera on the audience, I could tell you emotionally what you're feeling. And it's based on micro-expressions. So micro-expressions are within this area of our face. You know, when you smirk, you sneer, see you smile, things like that. It actually will take those micro-expressions, which we make 3,000 different combinations with our face, and it will boil them down to nine different emotions. So if we had you watching a commercial, for instance, we could tell you, based on your facial movements, micro-expressions, how you're feeling. So in the case of this poster, this was a gentleman that watched a two-minute presentation that I put together on why you would want to be on a certain migraine drug. And so I'm talking about how much migraine sufferers go through with those debilitating headaches. And he's watching it. And we're tracking what his face is doing to see what his emotions are. And he gets to the end of it. And we look to see what his results look like. And everything below the line means nothing. So when you see a lot of blue, that doesn't mean there's evidence of that emotion. It's when we see the green above the line, we can say there was joy at, at a certain point. What did I say that gave him joy as an emotion? We came down here. This guy was hating me all the way through. Look at the contempt he had towards me. Some of you may, might be feeling the same way. I don't know what that was about other than he said, you know, I kind of felt like I was being sold to. It just made me uncomfortable. 
And so he doesn't like those sales environments. He doesn't like salespeople. He then watched another two-minute presentation, almost identical, same drug, almost word for word. But I thought, I'm going to tell a lie this time, and I'm going to see if he catches it and how he responds emotionally. And boy, did he capture, catch it. As I'm going through, I said, and only 70% of patients that are on this medication will get cancer. But I'm sure they're willing to take that risk to, to get the migraine relief they need. And he's going, are you kidding me? You're going to get 70% are going to get cancer? Yeah, but they don't have the headache. You know, what's the deal? And I basically said it like that. Boy, did he capture that. And all of a sudden, look, at there's frustration the rest of the way. There's confusion. There's sadness. This, he even had a little contempt. And I'm sure there was a little blip of anger. And I'm sure he's saying, well, you just minimize it. 70% of patients are going to get cancer. And you just say it off the cuff like it's nothing. So this technology could be used in training salespeople to, make, to help them be better. To say, you know, when you think you're getting real slick and you're saying something that really isn't true, do your customers capture it? Yeah, they do. And they check out on you, and you've lost all, you've lost all credibility at that point. Could we use this in viewing commercials? Absolutely. That's where this technology could come in. So in a nutshell, if you look at what we have here, we have companies that come to us, and sometimes student projects, and we're testing websites, we're testing commercials, product packaging. We can basically test anything with these technologies. We keep getting companies that come to us and say, could you do this? I don't know. Let's figure that out. Let's see how we could use these technologies. So they're, they're very universal. And we've been in business for about eight years now. And I'll tell you, we couldn't have built this lab without great individuals, smart minds. We've had great faculty. Most importantly, we've had great students. And they get this great experience, but they do a professional job. So I think at this stage, let's go to the next slide. I think it's time to demonstrate it. Let's, let's do a little show and tell here. And we're going to have uh, with Sam. We're going to have Sam come up. We're going to remove this so you guys can see what's going on. But we're going to do a short eye tracking on Sam. And uh, this is Josh, the technician. We'll, see, uh, we'll have Josh lead Sam through this. We'll capture the data. And then we're going to replay the results. And what would you do with this if you did it for your, your website, your commercial, your product packaging? Okay. Do you guys want the mic? All righty. So next, what we're, we're going to first start out by getting the participant into position. So typically, we want the participant about uh, 60 to 70 centimeters. Usually, 65 is pretty good. And we can adjust the monitor if we need to. Um, and then we'll just uh, we'll just have yeah that's probably so you're you're seeing what Sam just is seeing this at just this a point. Bit. These are his eyes. Sam, do you want to wink at the crowd? Wink, wink. <laughs> okay. And so next, what we're gonna proceed to do is we're gonna run the uh, eye tracking calibration. You're going to see a gray screen with a white circle and a black dot within that, and then it's gonna move across the screen. Uh, you'll just need to follow it with your eyes to calibrate. So we'll start that now. So we'll start appearing. Okay, calibration was good. So next we're going to proceed to uh, show you a series of stimuli. So that'll start appearing starting now. All right. That's the eye tracking test. So I'll turn the time back over to Dale and we'll talk through the results. Okay. Let's see how you did, Sam. So an infrared beam was shot into his eyes back on the screen, as I mentioned before. 
I think the buying this only lasts about two days, Sam. So as long as you're not driving, I think you're in good shape, right? Thanks for participating. No, he'll be fine. There's, there's really no blindness that we know of at this point. <laughs> so Sam, you can relax. So we're going we're gonna to see the results. And so it's what you're going to see is results of the eye tracker. And the first thing you're going to see is this little circle. And it has a number in it. And then you'll see another circle. So the first circle has a 1 in it, then a 2, a 3, and so on. So everything, every time we, he looked at a place for a tenth of a second, that's called a fixation. And that registers a circle with a number in it. So we can tell you numerically how did he look at each of these ads. Think about that if you have a website and you're thinking, I'm kind of curious how people look at our website. Do they do the F pattern where they go across and they come back and do this? Do they do the Z pattern? We could actually tell you numerically what order they did that. Now the circles are going to be different sizes, so the bigger the circle, the longer Sam looked there. Also look to see if Sam came back to certain areas. If he revisited certain areas, that's not always a positive thing. We have to ask him why he came back to certain areas. So that's important, because sometimes you go back to areas that you're thinking, that's so weird, I didn't understand it. I had to come back again to try to figure out what it was. So let's, let's go ahead and see the initial results. Now, um, you'll notice too, this was for six seconds. Why was it six seconds? That's based on science. This simulates Sam looking through a, ca a magazine. And you know, you're just kind of browsing, and so the six seconds is, is based on that methodology. Sorry, I'm in your way there. So you can see the circles, hopefully. Let's play it again. Notice where most of the circles are, or aren't. Okay, so a lot of attention here. Sam, explain your eye tracking to us. Why do you think, as you viewed this, what do you think was, uh, was going on there? Yeah, I'm familiar with all three of these. Uh, well, actually just Annie's and Kraft Food. So I kind of just started looking at the brands kind of initially and then kind of looking at the, the color and the, the mac and cheese itself. Okay. And then, um, Sam, are you hungry at all? Uh, no, because we just ate. <laughs> yeah, and I, I kind of figured that out. The way that I can figure that out is he didn't spend much time looking at the spoonful of noodles. We find when we test people, if they're hungry, they, find they do spend more time looking at those spoonfuls, spoonful of noodles. So not a lot of attention. He glanced at it briefly. Who can tell me where the smile is on, these, on one of these boxes? Where's the smile? Right under the, uh, on the left box, under the, the macaroni, the smile. <laughs> who, knew that, who knew that? Who knew there was a craft smile? A few. Do you know how many millions of dollars Kraft put behind the Kraft smile over the years? A lot. A lot more than they want to admit. So we have a, a, a professional in residence. He's a professor at UVU. He came from Kraft as a VP. And any time he sees this demonstration, he just dies. Because he knew how much money they put into that Kraft smile. And this is the result we get almost every time. No one notices it. So why are we still doing this? We could do something different with that real estate. That's the point. Look at what wasn't looked at, these different areas. Do we really want a lot of time spent right here? You know, is the rabbit an important part of this? You know, do you care that your macaroni and cheese is rabbit approved? 
because that's what it's saying, by the way. And then you look over here. They didn't look it back to nature. Sam didn't. Um, you know, you, when you go to put together something like this, this eye tracking tells you what you potentially should keep and should get rid of. And maybe you could do something better with that real estate. That's the point we're trying to make with something like this. Okay, let's go to the next one. Sam, what, what is this an ad for? Um, well, now spending more time looking at it, it says archery, so probably something with bows. Yeah. Did you, did, does the crowd know what this is for? How many of you know what this is for? It's sight. It's a bow sight. But most of us, when we go to look at this, we're going, I don't know what it is. It's camouflaged. Uh, sometimes you don't realize that you're sabotaging yourself. You know, you're thinking, hey, we could do some really cool colors. Let's do that to, with our theme. If you put this out there as an ad, I would definitely say put it in a magazine that bow hunters will recognize this in. The rest of us, it's going to go right over our heads, right? So let's see which components of this ad drew attention from Sam and which ones did not. Spending a lot of time looking at that bow site, Sam. Tell us what's And I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's yeah. the problem, right? So he, they had six seconds to get, grab his attention and see if he would stay there longer. And he's spending too much time trying to look at what it is actually advertising. Didn't care that it's here. Didn't care that it's free. Didn't care there's a QR code. Didn't care to get down here to learn more about it because he was too confused at this point. That's the point. Can we do something different with that? Uh, the makers of this, I'm sure they thought it was a good ad. It could be better. Okay, let's go from there. Next one. Sparkling Waters. Sam, are you familiar with any of these brands? Yeah, I'm familiar with both the Bubbly and the LaCroix. Okay, let's go ahead and see where he looked. Now, it's, it's not uncommon to see attention go to the middle of the screen because where else are you going to look, right, when you're waiting for the, the test to come up? We just look to see, we, sometimes we say, you know, we knew you started in the middle, but where did you go after that? Did you come back to certain areas? So, Sam, tell us what you were thinking as you did this eye tracking. Well, I was trying to see, because I, I was familiar with the company, so I was trying to figure out what flavors they were. And what flavors are they? Well, looking at it now, I <laughs> could see that they're grapefruit, okay. except for, I, I don't even know what the right one is. <laughs> okay. Even after having time to look at it, he's still not for sure, right? Okay. Let's go to the next one. A lot going on in this ad for Old Spice. So, uh, Sam, explain your eye tracking as Josh plays it. Tell um, us what's going on. Well, I'm familiar with Old Spice. I'm familiar with this actor. And... But I was just trying to figure out, trying to absorb everything from this poster because there's a lot going on. But Yeah. yeah. And it, a lot of the time, we don't even see eye tracking make it to the product itself. So we do see some evidence that he made it down there. We don't know if it really registered long enough. So we have to ask him these questions afterwards. It's called retrospective think aloud, where you go back and you say, tell me what you were thinking. Why did you look here? Why didn't you look there? That's the qualitative work that we do. It's, it's basically an interview afterwards. 
because we don't want to make any assumptions that we knew what was going on with Sam. We need each participant to tell us what was going on. So those are the technologies that we have at the lab. This is just one sample of what we do with the eye tracking and how it can be used. Uh, the other devices take a little longer. The EEG takes about 15 minutes to get on your head and get you fully calibrated. That's why we chose not to use it. But these technologies could be used in combination or individually. Yes, sir. It's funny, I was thinking about, when, I, when that came up, I was thinking about what I looked at. Yeah. And I never made it down to the right to the old spice dealer or whatever that is. I was so busy looking at everything up the top that I never got to the point of the, of the image. Exactly. That's, and we, we put together these plans. I remember sitting in marketing meetings and saying, oh, this is great. Look at all that we've got going on. Not even realizing that how difficult this was going to be to understand. And did it really attract the person to Old Spice? Because that's where we make our money. The rest of this stuff is just noise, trying to get people to look. So interesting, but not necessarily as effective as it could be. So coming from the pharmaceutical and biotech world, we had great agencies that we worked with. They were pretty good at what they did. They, we had a good gut for some things, but we missed it. And, you know, we, we have some clients that they'll admit, you know, we're pretty good most of the time, but we miss it uh, occasionally. What does it mean when you miss it? Millions of dollars. Why didn't you bring it to a neuromarketing lab like ours? So the neuromarketing lab we have, we have the Penn States of the world coming to us, University of Alabama, University of Southern Illinois, saying, teach us to be like you, to where we can help our students, our faculty, and also our community businesses. And so, and how do we monetize them as well? So I, I just got word that we're probably gonna be part of the new innovation center that will be at the point where the prison is, is going to be torn down. And they've asked if we would be part of that and set up a second lab. And I, I think that's a great opportunity for us. It'd be a missed opportunity. There aren't many labs like this around. You can Google it up and you're gonna find that maybe Stanford has the EEGs, but they use it for cognitive studies. You're just not seeing a lot of use in sales and marketing. So now you know more than most chief executive officers, chief marketing officers, directors of marketing about biometric testing and how these technologies work. So you might be one of those folks in that role, uh, and maybe you, you have a good background on this, but we find that most of us, this is still a new world for us. And we've been in business eight years. We get people through every day. So uh, we do tours of the Smart Lab. We're located down on the main campus of UVU in the new Keller building. So if, if you'd ever like to come down, fun field trip, worst case. So thank you. Appreciate it. So I, I guess we've ha we have a few minutes for questions. So I guess we'll start with this, gentleman. The Profit Center for the University? It is, and it's the only profit center that is profitable, uh, which is nice. So we're, we're proud of that. But once again, our money goes back into keeping our technologies up to date, hiring more students so they get this experience, because really that's our number one metric that we say that's our success. The, the money's nice because it enables me to pay these folks instead of just having them come in and learn about it. So it is a profit center. We try to keep the prices reasonable. Uh, but, you know, in my pharmaceutical and biotech uh, experience, I would have paid many times more than this outside of Utah. So, yes. Just curious, uh, I've heard, and I'm not a marketer, I, I, but I've heard of a three-second rule, like trying to be able to, you know, you want people to understand your ad in like three seconds or less. Yeah. Have you seen uh, uh, something like that? Or is, you, uh -huh. you mentioned six seconds earlier. Yep. Is it like you know, the optimal time that somebody should understand what the ad is, or does it help to kind of 
like look at it a little bit and not understand it fully because their eyes stay on certain spots? What, what have you found in so, terms of that? So I know the three-second rule. We've done this based on six seconds, based on an academic approach to it, just to say it simulates you doing this as you go through. But you definitely have to capture that attention quickly. We get the you capture that attention quickly. We make a first impression so quickly, whether it's people, products, commercials, things like that. So yeah, you're, you're in the time that he was looking at some of these. I bet he wouldn't have spent more time. There was nothing that kept him there long enough, I bet, in, in a lot of cases, to say, it got my attention, I wanted to learn more. I don't know, Sam, where'd Sam go? Which, were there certain ones that you would have wanted to learn more about or not? Which ones do you think were the better ones? Um, surprisingly, I really liked the Old Spice one, because okay. you know, I'm a younger audience, I think it's fun, yeah. kind of crazy, chaotic, but yep. it's unique. Yeah. And, Interesting. I think they were definitely going for unique. Let's see. So did you say he was next? Okay. You have a question. Fascinating. I'm wondering if you have any ambitions to take this out of the lab and make it more widespread so many websites could be viewed all the time and get feedback. Yeah. Uh, to, you know, right now, the, you know, the university likes it being used for our purposes of the students, getting them great education, getting them into those PhD programs, MD programs, getting them great jobs. Uh, at times, we've talked about the possibility of a spinoff. You know, I know BYU does that. They haven't been too warm to that yet uh, because it is a good profit center. It's, a, it's one of the, the gems for the university for our president to talk about at meetings. So they do like that part of it. We could monetize it even more than we had have at this point, but at this point they're they're using it for academic purposes and trying to work with the community as well, because we like the work that we do with the community. It's it's great for us to do the ads for the state of Utah. The reason they do use us as their their vendor for to, for the marketing research is because they want to be good stewards of your tax dollars and say, we have used the, the most advanced marketing research available in testing these commercials before we put them out on the market. Yes, sir? So when you're testing these websites and these ads, are, you, are they bringing in focus groups? Is that probably the best way to do that? So it's what we do. Great question. So with this type of testing, biometric testing, very different than when you do a survey and you're trying to get a high confidence level and you need 384 responses and all this, we actually find that as individuals, we're not that much different. So if we I tracked each one of you individually, would find that most of us were drawn to the same things. So we can actually bring in 30 people, test them. We'll use the, f the first five as a pretest. And then the next 25, we're trying to get 25 good tests, say with eye tracking, and we can get a confidence level of at least two, uh, 92% or higher based on that. So it's a smaller audience. Even when you saw the baby, guess what? For the most part, regardless of age, gender, we're drawn to the same thing. Uh, it's a little bit of a difference in those areas, but not as extreme as you may think. Okay, so yeah, smaller audience than, than uh, you would normally use. That's nice in a lot of ways. You do still have to pay those people to come in though. They usually get somewhere between 50 and $100 for coming in for 45 minutes to an hour with us. So there is an incentive charge that goes directly to the participants based on the demographic that you're wanting us to test. Go right here, sir. Yeah, are you familiar with uh, psychographics? Mm -hmm. Some. Have you worked with that, with this technology before? 
be interesting to see how that would work out. We, we have dabbled in it, is all, but more from an academic perspective. So, but we're, we're willing to go into uh, areas even deeper at this point. It's, it's kind of the still uh, the frontier of marketing research. And so as people have ideas and say, could we do this? Yeah, let's, we're willing to jump in and say, let's go a little deeper on that. Yeah. And yeah. we're actually doing some on, uh, uh, the, along the lines of behavioral economics as well in the next couple of weeks. So it, it goes outside of that, you know, just what you've seen today. Great okay. question. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. So I think we just talked a little bit about it, but um, what are what are some of the other advances on the horizon for this kind of technology, just in terms of upgrading the existing and possibly introducing others? Yeah, so that's a great question. Right now, our next move will be virtual reality, and so they have actually put eye tracking in the VR glasses. That makes it easier for us to simulate maybe someone walking into a store. And so we could actually load any type of setting for the most part and eye track it within the VR range. Right now we've, we've looked at it and it's still evolving. So, you know, it, everything's expensive. And so we're just trying to say, are you guys at a point that we're willing to jump in with both feet? That's probably the most exciting part of where we're gonna go next. And the, the technology just keeps getting better all the time. So, great question. Yes, ma'am. Is there somewhere we can go to view your pricing for different kinds of projects? So, the, the pricing is really dependent, dependent upon the project you want to do. But if, it, if you say, so can you give me a range? So, an eye tracking study is typically about $8,500 because we're going to give 1500 to the testing participants. We have a team that's going to actually do all the recruiting in week one, and they have to get all the appointments set. Those individuals, I mentioned 30 people would come in. We have 30 hours of testing in week two by the team. Week three, this team has to take all of this information we've gathered from the eye tracking or the other devices, which is a massive amount, and then we have all these interviews, the verbatims from the participants, that we have to take all of that and put it into an easy format for all levels to understand. So the most recent study that we just presented last week to the Utah Office of Tourism, uh, almost 600 slides, PowerPoint. We, we deliver our results through PowerPoint. Some of the slides you can actually activate and you'll see the eye tracking in real time. And so what you saw was Sam's real time eye tracking. We can put that into the presentation too and make, so we'll make uh, recommendations based on that too. So it takes three weeks typically to do a study and take some time to pay the team, things like that. But it could go up as much as 30,000, depending on if you say, well, I want 30 people from this demographic and 30 from here, and you just cha-ching, cha-ching. So you, you had another question, though. I'm is, sorry. There, is there a wait list? At times. Yes, there are. Uh, they, there can be. Uh, so it, you need to get with us. It's what I recommend is you come to the Smart Lab. You get to visit the facility. We talk through what we have. Like I said, worst case, it's a fun-filled trip. We're not the hard sell. We don't have revenue goals that I'm up against to say, can I throw this person in front of the bus? No, we wouldn't do that. So there'll be times that clients will come to us and they'll say, I want it all. I'll say, you don't need any of it. At this point, you need a simple online survey. And it's kind of funny to see their behaviors because sometimes they act like I'm taking something away. And I think, and they, well, I want it more. And I think, no, I'm trying to do the right thing. I spend your money the way I'd spend my own, and I'm conservative. So I, if you don't need it, 
we don't want to to have you you know buy it from us and that's the reason we have never had to advertise the lab we have been word of mouth repeat customers and that's for eight years and it's because you do the right thing for people and then they tell others right one thing in marketing that we teach the students when you have a bad experience with a company you know how many people you tell on average nine when you have a good experience you only tell three so those bad experiences can really drive you out of business. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, two questions. First, how do you schedule the field trip? How do we schedule what? The, the field trip to come to your lab? Through me. Just, just through you? Yeah. So um, my, my email address for folks, too, that would like to explore this more, email is probably the best way. So A, my first name is actually Alan instead of Dale. I'm a junior. Don't do that to your kids. Have them go by their middle name. But A is in Apple, D as in Dale, and then J-O-L-L-E-Y at U-V-U dot E-D-U. And that's how you say, hey, I'd like to come in. We try to get together on a time. It'll take you about 45 minutes to an hour. That's, that would be your commitment. Right there on U-V-U campus in the new Keller building on the south end of campus. Beautiful building. That's a great and question. My second question, have you ever used this service to track the, a user's experience with an app? Yes, we have. And in fact, uh, we've done it for different clients. Uh, we we uh, wonder if, I, I think I can go ahead and say this. Uh, uh, one of those clients is Skullcandy before they rolled out a new app with their earbuds. Um, can't tell you a whole lot more about the results of it, but I can say that. Uh, we've used it for a variety of companies to to basically see what can improve their app. What's the user experience like you said? So yes. One more. Yes, sir. So when I think of the ads that you showed or the different art, clearly the archery site one was the worst ad. Yeah. It was ugly, it was busy, it was hard to tell what it was. Yeah. But you made a comment. I'm curious, in the eight years you've been doing this, have you seen an actual non-differentiation between business-to-business, business-to-government, technical ads versus consumer-facing? Mm -hmm. Because consumer-facing, I agree. Mm -hmm. The baby ad was a prime example. Yep. But if it's technical and you show it to a non-technical person, they're going to go, what the crap is this? Yep. So have you seen that or not? Yeah, we have. Okay. And so, you know what, if we've got a technical ad and then we test technical people that would utilize that. So if you're doing anything, say one of our clients is Adobe, we go out and we get IT professionals, we get marketers, so that they understand it, especially the acronyms. You know, you go on that site, if you don't know those acronyms, it's not gonna be a good, good uh, experience for them. So yeah, we, we do cater to that, make sure that we're getting the right audience so that it sticks. And when it doesn't stick, quite honestly, when we've worked for some IT companies, we bring in those IT people that design the website and, and a group of marketers, the marketers have performed better on the IT site than the IT people. And we're thinking, but it was IT that designed it. Why are the marketers performing better? So it's, it's very interesting. So yes, sir, that's very Is this used at all in police work or detective work? You know, that's a great question. I'm, I'm seeing biometrics in general used more. You know, I, I was flying, I mentioned I like the Virgin Islands. We were flying out of Florida, and that's how we checked in. They, we went up and had to get our face scanned, and they were using biometric technology. So I'm not aware of what, you know, maybe. 
I just, that's just but, not but, a... But you don't currently. Mm -hmm. Not that we've... And we haven't had any inquiry on that. But I don't know why not. You know, the possibilities are so great with this technology. I feel like we're just, just you know, hitting the surface of it. We learn something all the time. So I guess Sam's giving me the thumbs up, like, cut it. But thank you for coming. Thank you for learning about what we do. And like I said, if you'd like to come down and see what we do or you have some interest, let me know. You've got our contact information. Worst case, hopefully this was a good lunch and just kind of an informative presentation. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.